Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the long-awaited return of the locker room. I am one half of the most dynamic duo the podcasting world has ever seen. I am Jordan Navarro, and alongside me is my best friend, the greatest man to ever step foot on God's green earth, Tommy Twinkletoes. Tallerino, Tommy, how are you doing? Uh, I'm a lot better after those words. I, I appreciate those words very much. Thank you. Um, but we're we're surviving right now. We've had better months, but it is what it is, as you know. You know. <clears throat> my heart goes out to you, man. I'm sorry about this Andrew Bogart situation. I know. Yeah. I know yeah. it's tough. It's um, not ideal. You know, he's joined the Hall of Pain, as I call it. Uh, the newest edition, we got Bogarts, Ben Benintendi, new White Sox. So I guess he got a good deal. Um, Mookie, got Stephon Gilmore over there, and yeah, Brady. So it's just the Boston, or my Boston Jersey Sports Hall of Fame. You know, I get you know, their jersey, guys, and then they leave. You guys had some good years. You know, Boston, they've yeah, been on the... they did. You know, Boston was the face of the sports world for a little bit there. They were. So, you know, as long as it's not New York, right? I mean, it doesn't seem like it's ever going to be New York, so at least yeah, not I ever mean, again. It's it probably will, but you never know. <laughs> Hopefully um, not. For well, for well, I hope so. But for your your so. sake, we'll say no. But Tommy, the bye weeks are finally over. We've been gone for a while. We've been gone for about a month. You know, we had had Thanksgiving, ate some good food, then we went back to school, had finals, everything got hectic, and now Christmas is coming up. But we're finally back. All the bye weeks the NFL are done, and our teams, the New England Patriots and the San Francisco 49ers, have had an interesting month. Um, yeah. You know, the Patriots are in the middle of a ridiculous playoff race in the AFC East. Um, I think every team in that division has a winning record, right? I believe so. I think, um, yeah, I think they're all at least seven and six. Yeah. So right now the standings in the AFC East, we have Buffalo up top at 10 and three, you know, they've had, uh, you know, Josh Allen injury scare. Now he's come back and, you know, things aren't really looking right with that offense. They're still finding ways to win games. Miami. Tua was on fire these last couple games. He, you know, hasn't really been Tua. Yeah. What's going on there? New England, we had the whole Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones thing earlier in the year. That seemed to settle down. It's back to being Mac attack. Andre Stevenson just got injured. We hope he comes back soon. Damian Harris is questionable. But it's New England. You guys just keep finding ways to, you know, keep games closed. And then the Jets... It looked like Mike White was the savior, and then he got folded in half like a burrito. <laughs> so we're back to Zach Wilson this week. And on the complete opposite coast, the 49ers, I mean, what a whirlwind. Uh, Trey Lance gets injured early in the season. Jimmy steps back in. That whole saga happens. We start off really slow. Now we've won six straight, but, you know, three weeks ago, Jimmy dies, he yeah. breaks his foot, and in steps Mr. Relevant. Last pick in the 2021 uh, NFL draft, or 2022, whichever draft it was, last year's draft, Mr. Irrelevant, Brock Purdy. And I'm thinking the season is over. But the kid's got some guts. He's He's got some moxie. 
and he's played really good. And, you know, if he keeps up, keep this up, we might have another quarterback controversy in the Bay going into next season. The rest of the division, the Cardinals have fallen apart. Kyler Murray, the little football baby, he's going to be playing a lot of Call of Duty. Uh, he's got a torn ACL. He's out for the season. The Rams have shut down any and everybody. They are tanking to give Detroit another top three pick. In Seattle, Geno Smith is rapidly falling back down to earth. And the rest of this team is just eh, like yeah, everyone thought it was. Yeah. yeah. But they've got Denver's pick, and we know – Russ is cooking up a top three pick for them right now. So, well, he's sitting out this week, but he he cooked yeah. up a, a top five pick at least. So that's that's what's been going on with our teams. The rest of the NFL has been as wild, but we don't have time to cover the last three weeks that we've missed. So, Tommy, let's start. Let's fast forward a little bit. Let's jump from week eleven, the last week we talked about, to week fifteen, the first game of week fifteen, last or Thursday night. The 49ers went into Seattle with a chance to clinch the division. Brock Purdy, and maybe the biggest game of his career. Each game that he plays is going to be the biggest game of his career because yeah. we're in a playoff run. But this one was to clinch the division. Debo is out. He's stepping in, going to a hostile Seattle, a place we always struggle in. And Tommy, he played phenomenal. He was 17 of 26, 217 yards, two touchdowns. He had a 62.6 QBR, which is eh, but he had a 117 passer rating. The offense in the first half was really ran by him, Christian McCaffrey, and George Kittle. Christian McCaffrey had 26 for 108, one touchdown, and then George Kittle had four catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns, and he looked like the prime George Kittle. He's had a lot of injuries the last couple seasons, but, you know, he finally he had a George Kittle game last or Thursday. He finally looked healthy, and he looked like the playmaker that we're used to seeing. As usual, the 49ers defense did their thing. Talanoa Hufunga came up with a huge sack in the first half. Jimmy Ward had a tackle for loss. Diamador Lenora, cornerback, led the team in tackles. He had nine solo tackles, and he had a tackle for loss. Fred Warner was flying all around the field. The whole team, you know, did what the 49ers usually do. They swarmed to the ball, and they don't allow you to get any more yards. So, Tommy, how would you rate Brock Purdy's performance up until this point? I think he's done great. You know, he's done exactly what they need him to do. They don't need to, him to go out there and make big plays. They need him to be reliable and be able to, you know, he's very much like Jimmy G, but he's mobile. Yeah. You know, he he's able to extend a play. You saw it many times. He had the double fake over to George Kittle for the first touchdown. I mean, that was just a great play call. You know, with Kyle Shanahan, uh, he's going to thrive. I mean, you could have a White Castle worker uh, in that QB, <laughs> and he'd probably do good. I mean, I think Brock Purdy's in a great system. I think he's a smart guy. He makes smart decisions. Um, he completed, what, his first 10 passes of the game, first nine passes of started, the game? Yeah, he, started, he goes yeah. into Seattle against the 12th man and starts 11 for 11. Yeah, I mean, and even the first incompletion, you know, it was kind of just a throwaway. Uh, he got a little rattled there, but he came back and did what he needed to do. And he's playing with hurt ribs in this game. Yeah, And now he gets 10 days off for rest. So I think he'll excel in the next game. Uh, Tampa Bay, I mean, the whole offense just thrived. They just, they beat him down. It was, yeah. it was a massacre. I'm sh- 
they they took it off TV. Thank God, can't be showing the kids that. Um, I just, this 49ers team in general is scary. I think in the NFC. I know that they're nine and four right now. They got off to a slow start. Uh, Philly's Philly, but honestly, I think the 49ers are right behind them because their defense is just phenomenal, and their offense. There's just so many playmakers that you have to worry about that you're not going to be able to cover all of them. Yeah, and I like how you said that uh, he's going to thrive in Kyle Shanahan's system. Listen, Kyle Shanahan's got a sports car, all right? This is a Corvette, brand new, off the lot. This is what this offense is, all right? Jimmy Garoppolo was the old 65-year-old man going through a midlife crisis. He bought it, and he was just doing the speed limit, you know? And we got Trey Lance. We drafted Trey Lance to have somebody who's a little bit more of a risk taker. You know, let's... Let's push those RPMs up. Let's let's get this thing up. Let's let's max out the top speed. Let's max see what this throttle, offense can yeah. really do. Yeah, put the you know put the pedal to the floor. <laughs> Unfortunately, he got injured, and you know, you saw what the vision was with Trey Lance at least a little bit. You know, it's still we don't really know what Trey Lance is yet, but you could see what they were trying to do. This high low offense that Kyle Shanahan likes to run. It opens up so many deep shots over the top of the defense. Kyle Shanahan wants to take those. He wants to take risk. He wants to play a little bit more up-tempo, fast, aggressive. Jimmy, on the other hand, credit to Jimmy, he took a lot more risk coming into the season than I thought he would. But, you know, he's a very accurate distributor of distributor of the football. He's a point guard, okay? He's going to get McCaffrey's touches. He's going to get Debo's touches, IU, Kittle. He's going to spread the ball around, but he's not going to take shots. Brock Purdy is like the perfect middle balance between these two. Is he as athletic as Trey? No. Uh, maybe the, the agility is similar, but I think Trey, he runs like a gazelle when he's out in space. Yeah. So he's just very straight line speed. He's definitely more mobile than Jimmy. I mean, Jimmy is a statue. And what's interesting to me is I thought Brock would come in and we'd have the training wheels on the offense completely. No, Brock is taking some shots. I mean, they're not incredible, but the arm strength is similar to Jimmy, maybe a little bit better. He can extend plays. He's accurate with the football. I mean, I think he completed like 70% of his passes in college. He just can't turn the ball over. It's the same formula to win as it was with Jimmy. And it's going to be the same formula if Trey steps in as a starter next year, if Brock's still a starter. Don't turn the ball over because this defense is ridiculous. We have a great secondary, which we really have never had in the last couple seasons, at least not completely. I like every player in our secondary for the most part. Our linebackers are the best in the NFL, without a doubt. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, I mean Fred, Fred Warner, Warner had, yeah, he showed he's it. He's gapped. He's gapped every other linebacker. And you add in a guy like Dre Greenlaw, who's massively disrespected, and Aziz Alshier, who will hit you through a brick wall if he has to. And then you have the defensive line. Dallas's pass rush, phenomenal. Philly's pass rush, pretty good. They don't have Nick Bosa. I know Micah Parsons is great. He's a he's great. He's the most versatile defensive player in football. Okay, I'm not afraid to say that. I hate complimenting the Cowboys, but he is the most versatile defensive player in football. He's got multiple defensive players in the years in his future. But you see right now, with him getting double teamed, he's getting frustrated. The body language is not the same as it was early in the season. Because people are figuring out, well, hell, if he's not going to ever drop back into coverage, or if he is dropping back into coverage a lot, we're going to double him when he rushes. 
he has to understand he's going to get doubled and other guys are going to eat, but he has to be able to work through that. And he, I think he's figuring that out right now. I think this is the first time he's really been game planned against as a defensive end. And he's just getting slowed down a little bit. He's still playing great. He's just getting slowed down. He's getting frustrated. But Nick Bosa, it doesn't matter. You can throw a triple team on him. Eventually, he's going to get to the quarterback. It's not a matter of if you can stop him. It's when is he going to get to the quarterback because you're not going to stop him. And I just, it's ridiculous. And like you said, just got to keep the car on the road. He's going to thrive. Defense is ridiculous. That's the game plan. It's the same thing. We just added a little bit of mobility. Keeps the rookie mistakes down. I don't see why the 49ers can't win with Brock Purdy. I definitely think it's possible. I mean, it's he's just filling in for Jimmy G, really. I mean, they're like you said, they're very similar. I mean, Nick Bosa, I will say, he should have had another sack. I don't know how that was called, roughing the passer, but it yeah. is what it is. Um, but ever since Nick Bosa's been in the league, he's just full throttle, like we said with uh, Kyle Shannon. He, he's dominated when he's on the field almost every game. You have to game plan around him on the defense. And then you have Fred Warner right behind him, who is probably yep. the best – coverage linebacker in all of football. I mean, he shut down Tua in that game. Yeah, Tua's stats towards the end, they looked okay. Those first three quarters, he was shut down, and that's because of Fred Warner covering the middle of the field. And, you know, we've already talked about the Niners at nauseum, but on Seattle's side of the ball, Gino, I thought, played a fine game. You take away the fumble, you know, maybe the game's a little bit different. He was 31 of 44. He had 238 yards and a touchdown. I mean, definitely was not his most shining performance of the season. That is for sure. But the guy had 27 pressures allowed. I mean, the 49ers were in his lap the entire game. And obviously, the 49ers do one thing better than anybody and shut down the run. And Kenneth Walker was doing nothing. He was 12 of 47. And that came, you know, that average got boosted up by a 15-yard run. Tyler Lockett's going to be out with a broken hand now. He's still got DK. He got no fan and touchdown. I think there's still enough weapons on this team, and the defense has surprised enough people, and they're playing well enough that they're, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. And You know, they're in the thick of it, but, you know, this is definitely kind of a fall from grace of where they were a couple weeks ago and how it looked like, I mean, this team could win the division. Obviously, that's before the 49ers kind of woke up, but still, I feel like Seattle was playing a lot better. Uh, just recently. Yeah, I mean, this is a young team. They exceeded expectations for weeks and weeks and weeks, and they're kind of coming down from earth. They're getting game-planned around. We saw it in Carolina. I mean, Carolina, they just ran right through them the whole game. I mean, their defense is not the best. And, you know, their tackles are young, both of them. I believe they both Mm -hmm. were drafted this year. And it showed in that San Fran game. But up until that, They've held very strong for Geno. I just think they they could squeak in there in the playoffs be, with Washington and the Giants. I believe they're the last two wild cards right now. One of them's going to fall, I think, because they're, they're playing this week, Sunday night, so that will be a big test. Seattle can still get in there, but they're going to have to at least go 2-1 and one in these next three games. They got the Chiefs, Jets, and Rams. The Chiefs game's going to be, that's, it's not looking good. But the Jets, I know they have a great defense, 
and Robert Sala knows uh, Seattle really well since he was a defensive coordinator in San Fran for years. But you're going to have to find a way to to beat that abysmal Jets offense. Yeah, I mean, it's the Geno revenge tour. And he's, yeah. on, you know, he's got to keep that up. He's got to yeah. prove everyone wrong. Uh, Seattle, I'll say I love their corners. Uh, Kobe Bryant and Tariq Woolen, I think, are two great young corners. I might say that Tariq Woolen is already a top-ten corner in the NFL. He's played that fantastic this year. And, uh, you know, I think that as much as I hate to say it, they didn't miss on this draft. You know, they had a great draft. And you get the pick that you're going to get with Russell Wilson. I mean, that's an incredible deal that they had. They got a better quarterback. They got younger. <laughs> they got a tight end. And they got multiple draft picks. I mean, it's a phenomenal trade. And I think Seattle is a year away from really being back to being Seattle, I'm going to be honest. And I think, you know, we said at the beginning of the season, why is Pete Carroll not retiring? Or we thought this would be his last year. You know, when you play like this, and I think Pete knew that the team could play like this, you know, it makes sense why he didn't retire. All right. Sorry about that. We had some technical difficulties. Uh, Jordan, you were talking about Seattle's draft class. Oh, yeah. They didn't miss the draft class. They got some great picks. Say, told Pete Carroll at the beginning of the season why he's coaching the last year. I think he knew this team could play like this. And get another draft class, and they're going to be right back be in Seattle, especially when you get an early pick like they have. You know, if they don't believe in Geno, they could get a quarterback, and things are really looking up in Seattle. Yeah, I think um, with the draft picks, this is a team that can can make a run in a couple years. Uh, I was worried about the offensive line on this team. They held up. I think that's good for the future. The defense is still a little shaky, and you're paying Jamal Adams, who's out for the year, and Probably one of the most overrated safeties in the league right now. But we'll see where they go. Yeah, man, I don't have a lot of money on the books, so that's what it is. But Tommy, the buys are over. We have a full schedule headed into week 15. We've got three Saturday games. We'll start there. The first one is at noon today. All these games are on NFL Network. We've got the Indianapolis Matt Ryans, the Indianapolis Please Retires, the Indianapolis Jeff Saturdays, the Indianapolis What Are We Doing versus the Minnesota We Only Win Close Games Vikings. This line is minus three and a half. It's in U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Minnesota. Who you picking? Personally, I'm taking Minnesota. I mean – this indie team, they play tough, I will say. They play tough, and then they fall apart. Um, I I think Jay Jettas is going to eat. Uh, Delvin Cook will probably thrive. We saw the past couple games in the run game against Indy. They do pretty good. Uh, Kirk Cousins just has to be Kirk Cousins. I know their defense isn't that great, but you're going up against Matt Ryan and probably one of the worst offenses of the NFL all year. I I don't see Minnesota losing back-to-back. Yeah, you know, we've kind of said that the Minnesota Vikings are kind of fraudulent. They've, you know, last year they lost a lot of close games. This year they're just winning them, and that's the difference in their record. It's kind of the same team as it was last year. Um, 
I look at Indianapolis, Jeff Saturday, you know, I guess he's inspired a little bit of confidence, but it's the same team. The offensive line is still bad. Jonathan Taylor, you know, he bounced back. But Minnesota can't they're, – they're terrible on the back end, okay? This is a game – I need to see Michael Pittman do something. I mean, yeah. this – we got – Michael Pittman and Alec Pierce and the tight ends they got and Paris Campbell, like this wide receiver room is not nearly as bad as it seems. Like this is a okay wide receiver room. I mean, it's maybe a little bit below middle of the pack. It shouldn't be this hard for them to move the ball through the air, even with Matt Ryan's corpse. Give Jonathan Taylor his 22, 23 touches. Show me something in the past game. You can beat Minnesota. I don't think it's going to happen, so I'm going to pick Minnesota because Justin Jefferson has been ridiculous, and Kirk Cousins only has to continue being Kirk Cousins, and he's really good at doing that. So I hope it's not a primetime game. I hope playing on Saturday doesn't throw off his Whatever it is, it's shock. Mojo, or, yeah, yeah. This is not a prime time game, Kirk. All right, just everyone's watching college football. The ball game started, so don't even worry about it. I mean, we saw last week. Um, Detroit doesn't have a good secondary, but uh, he still threw for four hundred twenty-one yards. Yeah, I mean, he's still able to throw it, and Indy, their defense is depleted. I know they still have some some good players on as a whole. But it's not the indie defense that we've seen the past couple of years. So he um, should be able to air it out and look good in this game. Yeah. Um, speaking of the game where the quarterbacks are going to be looking good, uh, is Lamar Jackson playing this week? Hold no, on. I think I he's gotta, out. I got to figure it out. I have to get official confirmation. I don't think he is either, but I just want to make sure. You need the Adam Schefter tweet right now. We're looking for it. I believe he's out. At least that's what Sleeper told me. For some reason, still giving me updates from the Dynasty League. Lamar is out. He could return next week. So it is going to be Tyler Huntley or Anthony Brown. God forbid it's Anthony Brown. I think they said Huntley's going to start. All right. It's going to be Tyler Huntley versus the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland in First Energy Stadium. Deshaun Watson. I can't make the Cosby joke anymore. He's actually back. Well, actually, I'm still going to call him that. Deshaun Cosby. Um, he hasn't been on page with Amari Cooper. Him and DPJ connected last game. Uh, David Njoku, he had a good game last game as well. Baltimore's defense hasn't been as bad as people think it has been in the last couple weeks. I'm taking Baltimore to win this one. I think Deshaun Watson, they let him throw it 42 times. They're trying to knock the rest off, I understand. But I just, it's going to take a little bit for him to round back into form. And I think Baltimore knows they can't lose. They need to get hot. And, you know, Cleveland hasn't been able to stop the run. That's the only thing Baltimore does. So, Yeah, I mean, and on the other end, um, I'm taking Baltimore more so because they're not utilizing Nick Chubb, I feel like, enough in this offense the past couple weeks. He's kind of been fizzling out. And the Ravens, they usually do have a pretty good run D. I think he'll get bottled up. They um, they usually play well against Cleveland. I just think, like you said, they're trying to knock the rust off Watson, and I think it's going to take some time. I'm kind of shocked him and Cooper haven't been clicking. Um, Cooper's probably the second best wide receiver, or 
Yeah, Cooper's probably the second best wide receiver that Watson's played with behind Hopkins. I think um, it's going to take some time, and you're already in the hole. I I don't see a playoff game in sight, so I'm I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore won this. Yeah, I feel like they're going to just come out here, and honestly, if Nick Chubb ain't running, they're going to let Deshaun Watson throw yeah. the ball fifty times. I mean, just get the rust off. Uh, the The nightcap for tonight is Miami traveling to Buffalo. We've heard all of this news about the weather and Miami having warm seats when it was 55 and yada, yada, yada. Listen, they're grown men. They, they, this is not where I can only, if I'm in Miami, all my players have to be from Miami. This entire team is from all yeah. across the country. You know, some of them are used to the cold. Some of them might not be used to the cold. As a team, they should be fine. The bigger issue is there's going to be a foot of snow on the ground. It is a blizzard in Buffalo. It's lake effect snow. Anyone in upstate New York knows it's probably not optimal conditions to play a football game in. Lake effect is awful. Buffalo, Josh Allen hasn't been playing that well. They've been trying to get the run game going. Miami, kind of a soft defense. It's a good good day to show that your run game has improved, especially when we got the weather that we got. Miami, on the other hand, two has got to get started. We got to do something. Got to get the softness back in track. And I think they're going to try to work that short yardage game a lot with Waddle and Tyree Kill. I don't think they're going to be able to take shots deep. Uh, unless, you know, there's not a lot of wind. If there's not a lot of wind, then they'll they'll go out there and rip it and do what Miami usually does. But I'll take Buffalo in this one. I think they're going to get their get back from earlier in the year. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to see a snowball game. It's going to be interesting to watch. I We talked about this last year with uh, Lambeau. Like, people think just because, oh, it's cold or it snows that they're not going to know how to play. It's like these guys have been playing football for what? How many years? Like, yeah. They've played in snow before, some of them. And I, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I know um, – a lot of people are saying Buffalo's on the up and up in the division and Miami is kind of, you know, they're, they're not falling apart yet, but they're not looking like they, what they were. Yeah. I, I think for Miami's sake, they're going to get the playmakers involved, whether that be they in the backfield or they're running a lot of screen passes. We've seen it before. They'll do it. They thrive in it. Buffalo. I think they're, they're a little bit more seasoned compared to this Miami team. I think the pass rush could get to Tua. Um, but the secondary for Buffalo, it's not great. I know um, they got Tredavious White back. But I think it's going to take some time for him to look good again after coming off an ACL injury. It, yeah. it happens to everyone. When you have an ACL injury, you have to play yourself back into shape. Stephon Diggs, I know last time he had a solid game. Um, I expect him to have a good game again. Uh, Josh Allen kind of hyper-targets him. I think that's that's how this offense looks really good. As for Josh Allen, I I think you're going to see another game like we've seen the past couple weeks out of him. He, it's not going to be bad, but it's definitely not going to be great. Yeah, going, you know, I think I think the elbow's a bigger issue than yeah. people think. Um, it's crazy that he can play as... I don't want to say poorly because he hasn't played poorly. 
but he was playing so mistake-free early in the season. It's just we had an MVP-level Josh Allen where he looked like the best quarterback in the NFL to now he just looks like a really good quarterback and people think he's bad. Like, that's crazy to me. You know what I mean? Like, the drop-off hasn't been that significant. But, you know, from where he was playing early in the season, it's night and day. But I think they'll be okay. It's definitely not bad at all. It's just, you know, we saw him be elite, and now it's just it's taking a step down. And yeah. It's probably due to the elbow injury. I mean, like we said um, many weeks ago, that's more of a serious injury than you think. I mean, yep. a lot of these big-arm quarterbacks, if they get this injury, they can come back from it like that, but some of them, the elbow takes a toll. They're not going to be able yep. to get as much throw power. So it'll be interesting. I'm going Buffalo as well in this one, though. Got another cold one. It's going to be 29 degrees in Chicago at Soldier Field. Uh, don't know mm. what the wind's going to be looking like, but it's in Chicago, so it's probably going to be awful. The 3-10 and 10 Bears host the 12-1 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles. Jalen Hurts is continuing a great MVP-like campaign. He's a lot of people's favorite right now over Patrick Holmes. I'm going to take the Eagles. The only thing I'm looking for as a Chicago fan, I've said it all year, this year is only about Justin Fields. I don't care about anybody else on the field. I just want to see him progress. They've unlocked him with his legs. He completed like 80% of his passes last week. Let's keep that up. Play a mistake-free game against Philly, and I don't care if we lose by six touchdowns. I just want it to be mistake-free. For the, for the most part, you throw a pick, get a fumble, whatever. Let's just not go out there and throw four picks. You know, let's... Let's have a decent game. I think he can do that, but I'll take Philly. I mean, you got to take Philly in this one. They're they're the best team in the NFL uh, right now. Uh, Chicago is they have Justin Fields. That that's about it. I mean, yep. I mean Justin Fields is close to having a thousand rushing yards too in this game. He might break it. I want to say right now he's at nine oh five. There's probably a chance from all the scrambling that he probably gets over a thousand rushing yards in this game. Or on the season, yeah. Um, Philly, uh, they're going to take care of business and move on. I think it it could be a trap game, but it's probably not going to be. Moving, we finally get a game that's not going to be affected by the weather for the most part. We've got Atlanta versus the Saints in the Superdome. This is the NFC South. Can we not show them anymore on TV? I don't want to watch any of these teams play football. Atlanta, Desmond Ritter's first start. He's playing against a very grizzled veteran defense that has been playing much better of recently after they got some people back. It's going to be a legitimate test. However, I'm going to be honest with you, Tommy. The offense can't be worse with him. Marcus Mariota can't play quarterback. He can't. He'd probably be better suited to play tight end for the rest of his career and be Taysom Hill. So the offense can't get worse because Desmond Ritter can actually throw a little bit. At least he could in college. And he's got good legs. He's good and mobile. How can the offense get worse with that? A guy who's maybe as mobile as Marcus Mariota, who can also throw, seems like an upgrade to me. You're not wrong. And then the Saints, you know, Andy Dalton continues to play. He's their tank commander uh, for a pick that they don't even have. It's going to Philly. 
So, I, you know, I think the Saints are looking for any reason to continue to win because they don't want that pick to be that high. And I think they're going to win this game over Atlanta because I think the defense will force Ritter to make some rookie mistakes. But, I mean, I wouldn't shock me if Atlanta wins this by two touchdowns. Wouldn't shock me if the Saints win this by three touchdowns. I mean, this game is just going to be complete chaos. I mean, it was a close one week one. Uh, I remember Atlanta went up big and Saints made a comeback. Um, I think Andy Dalton is probably going to get a win in this one. He'll probably he'll have an Andy Dalton-like game. Uh, other than that, I, I I just have no interest in the NFC South. I mean, they've turned to the NFC East. These teams are just abysmal. But going back to Marcus Mariota, um, I don't know if you saw, but he left the team. Yeah. He's just done, which I think is kind of like, I think it's a baby move. I really do. I, I get that you're upset that you got benched, but at least finish out the season. I think it's a wrong thing to do. As And for Atlanta's side, I mean, you're a young team. Uh, this is, a, is this Ritter's first start or second start? Yep, first start. Yeah, I think um, I think it's great. I think he should have started a long time ago for this team. I don't think um, – He's going to be as bad as people think he is in the NFL. I think he can game manage in this one and keep it close. But I'm going Saints. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things where he can't be worse than Marcus Mariota. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Mariota was just, he wasn't adding anything to the team. Uh, speaking of a team that's been on fire and is actually, unlike the NFC South teams, actually working for something, both of these teams, wanting to make the playoffs. We've got a good one in East Rutherford, New Jersey, uh, in the MetLife Stadium, the mm. place where ACLs and ankles go to die. We've got the New York Jets at home hosting the Detroit Lions. Dan Campbell, my man, let me give you credit. Because early in the season, you broke my heart. It was over. Our relationship was done. You know, I don't want you to take me back. I don't. I want to love you from a distance. I don't want to be in an unhealthy relationship with you anymore, Dan. Because early in the season and last year, you broke my heart too many times. I can't go back to you. So I'm going to love you from a distance. I'm going to be a loving, supportive ex who wants to see you succeed. But I can't can't be with you no more. But Dan Campbell has been phenomenal. The Lions have been phenomenal. They've been on a little bit of a tear. They're 6-7. and seven. They're right outside that playoff picture in the NFC. They're going to keep gunning for it. And then you got the Jets, 7-6. and six. Mike White looked like a savior. Like we said earlier, he got folded in half like a burrito. Now it's back to Zach Wilson. Has he matured any? He's playing against a defense that's pretty bad to stop in the past, but their run defense has actually improved a lot. So you're not really going to be able to rely on Zonovan Knight in this one, I don't think. What can the Jets do with Zach Wilson at home? He said himself he's going to go out there and have fun. I need to see that. I need to see you go out there and have fun and distribute the ball to your playmakers. If Garrett Wilson doesn't get 10 targets this game, it's a failure. If Elijah Moore doesn't get 6 or 7 targets this game, it's a failure. Because Detroit's offense is going to score. I know the Jets have a phenomenal defense. Detroit's offense is just that good. I mean, I don't know how it is, but it is. Whoever their OC is probably deserves a head coach job. They've just they found ways to score. Jamison Williams is going to unlock another... Level to that offense. You've got Amon Ra. We know what he does. you got two good running backs. Jared Goff has played phenomenal. 
he's played to the point where it looks like they might not draft a quarterback and he might actually be the guy there. And I, I can't say that I, I would disagree with him. So I'm going to take Detroit in this one. I think they're going to keep the hot streak up. Got to love Dan Campbell. He's just such a great guy. Great head coach. I mean, I, I think, um, so, you know, like you said, Zach Wilson's going to have some fun. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be a fun game. Uh, I would be surprised if Jets fans boo him the whole time. I, he's not liked in New York. He, he messed up big time, and he's going to have to deal with the consequences. As for Detroit, um, the pass rush is coming along. Like you said, there's, the, the secondary is very questionable still. But the offense, you know, this offensive line going into the year, we said they – they're very underrated. Yep. Uh, they've gotten their flowers. But Jared Goff has has done what he's needed to do to keep a starting job in the NFL, I think, with uh, the Detroit Lions. Uh, their wide receiver room, I think it's pretty good now with uh, Williams coming back. You know, he scored his, his first touchdown in the NFL, first game, or second game. You have St. Brown. And then you have DJ Chark, who the past two weeks has thrived at, other than that, he's had a slow year. But DJ Chark, we saw in Jacksonville, he's a pretty good wide receiver. Yeah. He's not going to have a lot of standout games, but he gets the job done. And then you got Jamal Williams, who's a great power back. And then you got DeAndre Swift, who is also a good, young, elusive running back. I think this team, they're going places in a couple of years. And I and this game particularly, I think they're going to. The score may not say, but they dominate. But I think in time of possession, they're going to control this game. I got Detroit winning. I I think if Zach Wilson comes out here and the Jets' offense is anemic, like everyone is expecting it to be, that's it. I mean, Mike White gets cleared, you go back to him. And this is the game you drafted this kid number two overall. And I'm a big guy on not calling people bust early in their careers. We've seen guys like Josh Allen take some three or four years to figure it out. I say three years is usually the minimum for me on quarterbacks before I call them bust. But you can't look as bad as Zach Wilson has and not progress and not show me anything. He hasn't shown me anything. He's had maybe one, two standout games, but he hasn't put games together back to back to back with obvious improvement. It's like he has one good game and then he's right back to making the same rookie mistakes that just are awful on film. This is a game you need to show me maturity. You need to show me the start of your progression. If he comes out against Detroit and plays well, it'll earn him another week. If he plays well the next week, it'll earn him another week. He has to keep that up for the rest of the season, at least if they keep him in there. And into next season, because they're looking for any reason to say no to this guy and cut him, probably. Which I I think is more likely to happen. I really do. I, you know, he's, I've never been a big Zach Wilson fan. I know a lot of people loved him in college. He came out of BYU. I just, I didn't see what I saw in BYU translate to the NFL for him. You know, they said he's a great decision maker. Uh, he's not made great decisions on the field throwing the ball. It's it's been it's been very rocky. You know he he does have plays where he shows off his big arm, but it's very little. I feel like I I just don't I don't see a future for him in New York because I think Mike White 
I think he'll take over. I think Mike White has played um, to the point where he has earned the starting job when healthy. And on to another game here. We're at Carolina. We got the Panthers hosting the Steelers. This is the battle of mid right here, mm. both five and eight. Would you even Mitch call it mid? Yeah. Would you even call it that, though? But, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> five and eight. They're not terrible teams. Um, Carolina, Sam Darnold, they're playing a bad secondary, but T.J. Watt's back. And we know when T.J. Watt's on the field, the Steelers' defense becomes the Iron Curtain. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers just because, but I'm – this is a toss-up, to be honest. I think both these teams are just equally bad in all the same areas. So, give me the Steelers. Taking Carolina. Give me that. Give me that Hubbard Foreman backfield. I all want. Right. I want sixty touches between the both of them. <laughs> I'd love that. I think. Um, I. Th- it's going to be a very boring game. I think. I don't. Unless you're a fan of these two teams, I don't know why you're watching it. Yeah, it has the lowest over under at thirty seven and a half. So, oh, is Kenny Pickett playing? Uh, I have no idea. I remember teams were calling for. Um, he got the concussion last game. They're calling for Mason Rudolph to start over Trubisky if they do have to pick one. You know, it. I understand. He's doubtful, so I, it doesn't look like he's playing. Moving along is another AFC team that is five and eight, but is the record is very misleading. It's the Jacksonville Dougie Peas, the Jacksonville Ronnie Basses, the Jacksonville we're gonna whoop that asses, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Listen here, the Tennessee Titans are seven and six. The Tennessee Titans are losing people left and right. Jacksonville is still in this divisional race. They're going to have to win this game against the Cowboys. It's Dallas moving in or going into Jacksonville. But Trevor Lawrence has quietly put up a great month. He has played phenomenal last month. He has looked like Trevor Lawrence. He's looked like the generational quarterback prospect everyone thought was coming into the NFL. The guy that has kind of fallen off is Travis Etienne. We haven't seen a lot of him. But this, the wide receivers have been blossoming in Jacksonville. Dallas, we know what they've been doing. They've been dominating everybody pretty much. The run game's been ridiculous. Offensive line's getting healthy. I know they just lost Terrence Steele, but they're about to get Tyron Smith back. The defense, we know what they do. They turn, you know, get turnovers, rush the passer. Listen, if if Jacksonville makes the playoffs, and we won't even go as far as to say they win the division. I don't think they can make the playoffs unless they win the division. Let's just say they make the playoffs. I wouldn't want to play them. This is a team that can surprise you because if Trevor Lawrence is playing like he has, this is this is not a, a floor raiser guy. This is not a guy that's just going to lift your team up to a di- – no, this is a ceiling raiser. This guy makes Jacksonville the wide receivers they got. And outside of Christian Kirk, I mean, this it's is a, a list of mediocrity. That's Zay Jones. We got Marvin Jones. We got Jamal Agnew. It's no one crazy. Zay Jones is playing out of his mind. Like, it looks like he's underpaid, getting paid $10 million a year. Jacksonville's been ridiculous last month. They're one of the best watches in the NFL. They're very exciting. I'm going to take Dallas 
just because of what they've done, they've been so dominant. But I'm telling you, I would not be shocked if Jacksonville wins this game. I, Dallas struggles against AFC South. I mean, I know they blew out Indy, but that's because they put up 33 in the fourth, basically just off yeah. turnovers. And they almost lost to the Texans last yes. week. Um, Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs, though, uh, Doug P's going to let him air that thing out. And that is, you don't, you don't want to go against that. Um, there's one person I think that's going to affect whether uh, Jacksonville or Dallas wins this game. It's Dak Prescott. Uh, depending on how Dak Prescott plays, it could be a Dallas win or it could be a Dallas loss. I mean, he's looked bad. He's not looked like the Dak that they signed for $40 million a year. Um, I, I know he's coming off a horrific injury, and people don't look the same after that injury. But he is not even accurate on deep passes, short passes, middle of the field passes. And they, if I was Dallas, I'd run the ball 40 times a game. You got Pollard and Zeke. Pollard is looking amazing. Um, Zeke is getting old, but he's still putting in work. Yep. He'll get you. He'll get you a good what three or yeah, around four yards a carry. He'll yeah. break off a couple's tackles. Uh, Pollard, they're using him in the passing game more because I think they have to. Um, give me Dallas in this one because I think their defense will step up big as usual. Yeah, I mean, this is the reason I'm picking them. If if the defenses were similar, I'm going to be honest, I'd take Jacksonville. I'm not afraid to say that, you know, Trevor Lawrence played awful week nine against Denver. Since then, if we're taking this version of Trevor Lawrence, and I'm assuming he's going to carry this into next season, if we're taking this version of Trevor Lawrence and it's not a fluke, and I don't think it is, I've seen progression in this game, I've seen him get better. He's better than Dak Prescott. Plain and simple. He's better 100%. than Dak Prescott right now. I, I believe Dak Prescott is holding the Cowboys back. I really do. I think I I think they're the reason why they'll probably they'll fall in the end because of quarterback play. He he can't make the big plays anymore. He turns the ball over a lot and he's just not the same. Moving on to a laugher, uh minus oh, fourteen and a half on the road, by the way, minus 14 and a half on the road, Kansas City going into Houston. I'm taking Kansas City. There's no reason this should even be scheduled this late. Kansas City. Give give me Kansas City. I mean, Robbie Smith, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, I'm not. There's nothing to talk about for this team. I'm sorry. Moving on to the worst game of the day, America lose game of the day. Man, we've got a shootout in the Mile High City. Whew. Colt McCoy starting for the Arizona Cardinals versus Brett Ripien starting for the Denver Broncos. Good God. I... Uh, I'm sorry, America. I'm going to take Arizona because I think Colt McCoy is better than Brett Ripien, but the Denver defense might win them this game by themselves, and Arizona's defense can't do that. So, I, I mean, Russell Wilson was cleared, and Denver said, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You don't, you don't have to play. Um, um, give me Colt McCoy because he's been in the system longer, I feel like, and he'll make smarter decisions. Uh, I'll, I'll go Arizona. I mean, 
DeAndre Hopkins since coming back, though, I will say has been amazing. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about this game. I mean, this game is just awful. All right, we, we're moving on. Tommy, I'll let you take this one. We got New England versus the Raiders. Uh, well, I just – breaking news, uh, Damian Harris is out. So we're down to Pierre Strong and – Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris, yes. I didn't know if he was out or not, too. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, um, I think either – all those running backs will do solid because it's kind of a system fit. Uh, if you're in the New England system, you'll put up good numbers. Um, But Matt Patricia is an awful offensive coordinator. Just abysmal. I think Mac Jones has taken steps to look like his last year self in the past couple weeks. Uh, they're going against Vegas. So, oh, you did make who'd you pick up? Strong or or Harris? Which one oh, do you pick no, up? I'm moving, moving Pierre Strong off my bench, off my taxi squad. Okay, yeah. And starting him. I mean, he had a great week last week. I think um, he's going to get some touches in the run game and the passing game. I I really want to take New England into this one, but I've I can see a collapse because they're going up against a former Patriot coach. But he's looked awful as well. But probably not as bad as Matt Patricia. I mean, I don't know how he why he's an offensive coordinator. I, I could see him coming back to be a defensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator, don't know don't get why. Give me give me New England in this one because I think the the Raiders are just there's no hope there. I feel like this season. Yeah, give me give me the Patriots. The Raiders find ways to lose games. They are better at home than they are on the road. They're three and two at home. Um, <sighs> this is just such an a game. I don't it really is. About either of these teams, it's just yeah. like a. You know what it is? It's like when you get out of the shower. And you don't, you know, you took a quick shower and you really didn't get clean and you still kind of feel a little nasty, but you're just kind of like, eh, uh, we'll go with it. This is what this is. Both of these teams, they're just a little nasty. You know, they're like, just stay out of reach of me. You know, I admire you from afar, but when I look closer, I see a lot of problems. So give me, give me the Patriots. I think the Raiders are helpless this season, like you said, and it's Bill Belichick versus one of his, you know, of his coaching lineage, and that just doesn't usually play well. <laughs> Man, we've got a matchup down in uh, Inglewood, California, SoFi. We've got the Tennessee Titans with about three defensive starters left and versus the L.A. Chargers, who have been playing very well recently, and Justin Herbert, the social media quarterback that he is, has been balling out. Now, I have inside information. My friend Tanner, who's a diehard Titans fan, has told me he doesn't believe this game is going to be close. He's told me he thinks the Chargers are going to run all over Tennessee. This is coming from a Titans fan. I usually like to keep the faith for my friend's teams when they're down and out, but I agree with him. I think the Chargers are going to dog walk Tennessee in this game, and I'm going to take the Chargers. I'm also going Chargers with that social media quarterback, you know, the guy who 
had 39 completions, and the Fox analyst who only had 39 tackles in his whole career is uh, <laughs> calling him a social media quarterback. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen came back healthy. Mike Williams is healthy again, and we saw they they can play. They they put up some great numbers, both of them, and you have Eckler in the backfield. I know the defense is questionable and for the Chargers. It usually is. Um, two of their big-time uh, defensive players are out for the season with Bosa and J.C. Jackson. I I just don't see the Chargers losing this one. Tennessee's got a lot of problems. I don't think they're going to overcome. Give me the Chargers. And... Moving on, we're going down to Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. We've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Tampa Bay Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Tom Brady's. Uh, mm, mm, versus the Cincinnati Bengals. This is this is the matchup that the NFL has been waiting for. Joe Burrow versus Tom Brady. Oh, my God. The, mm. the social media analysts, they're going to love it. We've got this kid, Joe Burrow, who's been phenomenal early in his career, but we haven't given him his flowers for being Joe Burrow. We want to always compare him, and they always compare him to Tom Brady. That's an unfair comparison to anybody. I mean, as much as I dislike Tom Brady, you can't compare a kid who went to one Super Bowl, has won an AFC Championship game, to a guy that takes HGH and now play, who, who has, you know... He, he has seven championships. I like, come on now, people. Yeah. I mean, it's Tom Brady. And he's got no family anymore, so all he has is yeah. football. So this is a game for for the media. They're going to love this game. I'm going to take Cincinnati because I think they're the better team overall, and Tampa Bay has just been a mess. Todd Bowles, I don't think he deserves to ever be a head coach after this debacle. No. I understand they got a, a lot of injuries early, and their offensive line pretty much was non-existent. But, I mean, you go from a Super Bowl contending roster, which last year they had a lot of injuries in the, in the secondary and on the defense. Yeah. If the defense had been healthy, they'd probably make the Super Bowl last year, or at least a chance at it, because they almost beat the Rams. They should have. I mean, I don't know yeah. how you blow coverage on that. So, you know, if the, if the defense is healthy and whatever, like, this is the same team, Todd. It's the same team. So how are we playing this bad? You know, you hear about Bruce Arians and the red pen and the game plan with Byron Leftwich and all that. So Bruce Arians had nothing to do with it, right? Like, he Fugazi, Fugazi. He wasn't the one making all these things happen. All right, everyone else is still in play. So what happened? Why is the team as bad? I need answers, Tampa Bay. Is Tom Brady that sad that he has no, no family? I don't, I don't think it's that. I don't okay. think it's that. Is it Todd Bowles? It's it's, is it Byron they brought Leftwich? in one person. They brought in one person. His name's Julio Jones. Uh, it's the he, Julio curse. It, it's the Julio curse. Julio comes in, your whole team gets hurt. I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> nah, I I just think. Um, I honestly, I I love Julio. I I would never I would never mean anything ill towards him. Um, I just think it's it's coaching and Tom Brady being forty five years old. I really do. I mean, you know, I think that the TB12 plan. Again, need, I hope not. The TB12 plan, you know, I think the juice cleanses and the yoga 
we're going to need some HGH again. Okay. I don't know if you stopped it. I don't know when you stopped it. it we're going to need the rounds are going to have to start again because the arm, you lose an arm strength. You look old. You know, this has never happened before. The father Tom's undefeated. I understand that it's Tom Brady. You know, the HGH is supposed to keep you young forever. Let's get the round started again. I'll take the Bengals because I think they're the better team overall. And Joe Burrow's playing better than Tom Brady, but it is Tom Brady. And Anytime it's the last two minutes of a game and they have a chance to win, it seems like he just is like, hey, Tom fuck time. it. Yeah, fuck it. I'm Tom Brady. You know, I'm just going to go do things that no other quarterback can do. And he wins the game. But. I mean, you're not wrong. It is what it is. Moving on, we got the Sunday night game. I, I'm going I'm to take, take the Bengals in this one. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> yeah. We got the Sunday night game. We got the New York Giants versus the Washington Commies, the Washington Criminals, the Washington Dan Snyders, the Washington Commanders. Taylor Heineke has that dog in him. It's probably like a pit yeah. or something. I don't, I don't know. Maybe a Rottweiler. He's got that dog in him. Uh, this team with Brian Robinson Jr., they have a never-say-die attitude. <laughs> and... This defense is getting healthy, and they're playing very well. I'm sorry. That was a terrible joke. I apologize. It was a great joke. We got the Giants, who started off so hot, and everyone in the sports world, including us, was just waiting for the wheels to finally fall off this thing. They fell off. And thank God. It's it's wobbly. We got one on there still. It's wobbly. I'm going to take the Commanders at home. They've got a good defense. The defense is getting healthy. Taylor Heineke's, I don't know how he does it. He's the most mediocre quarterback who wins consistently. He has very little arm strength. He's not as agile, as mobile as he should be. And he puts the ball into harm's way a lot. A lot. <laughs> like too that much. Dog in him. Yeah. That dog in him. That dog in him keeps, he wins the games because of it. Give me the Commanders. I think they'll control the line of scrimmage. They'll get Chase Young back. I think they can handle Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. Not that, you know, other defenses can't do that. Oh, wow. But... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wow. I don't think anyone's ever looked at the, the, the film and go, oh, my God, we got a game plan around Daniel Jones. Uh, Saquon, yeah. And that's what teams are doing now is Saquon's kind of fizzled out. I know uh, he's still doing good, but he's not getting the games like he used to. Uh, Washington, I just think, is a little bit better on both sides of the football. I know Taylor Heineke, like he said, has looked mid. But Daniel Jones has looked even more mid. And I I don't see Giants winning this game. I mean, maybe it'll be a tie again. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. You know, a long way from the Daniel Jones deserves another contract narrative. I mean, that is completely out the window. That's that's evaporated. The sad thing is they they want to offer him another. They Two years, twenty million is on the deal they, for him right now. They probably will. Um, you're taking the commanders. I'm taking the commanders. Yeah. You know, we're smart men. Yeah. Moving we've on watched to Daniel Monday. Jones play. Yeah, uh. moving on to the Monday night game. We've got two aging, mm. depleted rosters. We've got Aaron Rodgers, the mushroom man himself, versus in hosting. The Los Angeles Rams. Rams, like I said, shut anybody and everybody down. They're punting the season. They said Aaron Donald may return. Come on now. He's there's no he's not returning. That. He's not he's not playing. So we've got Baker Mayfield, 
who put together maybe the best game he's had since like 2018 in his first game on two days notice against the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. The team allergic to winning. Yeah, 98 yards in a minute and 50-something seconds. With the receivers, he had no idea who who were. I mean, he threw to Ben Skoranek. I'm pretty sure he thought it was Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup yeah. And <laughs> Van Jefferson, who he probably thought was Allen Robinson. It's not. And he was make he was making up plays. You know, he didn't have a playbook. He was saying run a four, run a zero, run a four. You know, he was throwing out numbers and stuff. And that's that's what the that's what he's got that the Rams are. Yeah. Okay, maybe that's what Bacon needs is adversity. You know, he always he's been a maybe that's what he needs. But they're going into Lambeau on a cold, chilly night. Gonna take the Packers. The Packers should win this game. Uh. But who knows, really? Who knows with the Packers? This team has been up and down all season. It looks like Christian Watson's the game plan now, which I like. You know, get the gun guy involved. The run game has been okay with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I guess. This team has just been very mediocre this year, especially offensively. I feel like if the offense had been as good as it has been recently, early in the year, we might still be talking about them being playoff contenders. But I think they're squarely out of it now. I just don't see them turning their luck around enough to win multiple games in a row. This should be a freebie, though, against the Rams led by May- Baker Mayfield. I mean, this is the worst offensive line in football, without a doubt, this year. And the guy who was playing as the worst quarterback in football, without a doubt, this year. Well, I guess Zach Wilson was in that conversation. Yeah. But one of them. So I, this is a perfect storm for your defense to tee off and get you an easy win, right? Like, this should be easy at home. Bad team, not a lot of weapons, messed up defense who can't guard wide receivers, hasn't stopped the run. I mean, this Jalen is Jalen Ramsey's a, a fraud this season. Yeah, this is a gimme. The Packers should easily win this one. I, I, I got to go Packers here. I know Baker, Baker looked good in that last drive, but uh, there's still a lot of problems with this Rams team, and they're not playing Vegas. I mean... Green Bay is like right here. Vegas is way down below. I mean, <laughs> I I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay goes out there and blows them out with Aaron Rodgers feeling some type of way. I don't want to close the door all the way on their playoff hopes, though. It's there's a little there's a little crack in the door about this big. Okay, but other than that, um. This has just been an abysmal year for Green Bay. This will probably be a bright spot game for them. I'll, I'll take Green Bay. Well, you know, you look on next week, and Green Bay is playing the Dolphins. Mm. So, you you know, you win against the Rams, and you got the Dolphins. And then they have the Vikings. So they have a game against the division leader. And then week 18, they have... Uh, I believe the Lions. Yeah, they have the Lions week 18. So not an easy t- uh, stretch of games at all for them to attempt to get to 8-8 eight and eight or 9-8. and eight. So I if, if the whole NFC wild card collapses and Green Bay just stays steady, then yeah, I'll see them get in. But it's probably not going to happen. But I mean, if all and if, if all the NFC East teams get in, I'm I wouldn't be surprised. 
I think Seattle's going to make it in over one of the NFC East teams. I think it'll be the Giants. I think Seattle can get in over yeah. the Giants. But three of them are going to make it. I think the Commanders will make it. Obviously, Dallas and Minnesota. The Washington, Taylor, Heineke. Or not Minnesota, Philly. Sorry. I don't know why I put them in the NFC East for a second. <laughs> it happens. It's all right. Any but, other? But that's yeah. it. That's it, Tommy. We're, that's we're all done. we got for today. That, that's the return episode. Good. I mean, we're we're back. We'll try to we'll try to be back weekly. Yeah, you know we got some big things planned for the new year, and hopefully we can we can we can take this this production up a notch. We'll we'll try. We're gonna try. But um, anything else you want to add? No, that'll be it, man. All right, that is all we have today for this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time, have a good one. Peace.